having a thorough inspection, you know, sewer scope, uh, core samples out of the roof, everything is really vital uh, to knowing what to expect with your budget. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, as always, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am fantastic, man. Fantastic. Uh, just a, a love fall. It's this great time of the year. We're ending the year strong. We, you know, like, yeah, I feel like a lot of times we slack on our goals throughout the year a little bit, and at least for me. And then I reflect as we go on and fall ends up being really strong uh, all the time for me. And I really, uh, I really, really come into the end of the year uh, excited and uh, pushing it. Now I got to figure out how to give that energy through the entire year, which I'd say I don't slack during the entire year. Right. But I just feel like fall is this extra push. Yeah, that's fair. So um, Matt, anyways, well, anything new? And if not, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, yeah, just uh, same old, same old, you know, continuing to look for deals. I know you've got a few deals uh, going on, but uh, you can't really talk about them here on the podcast, but uh, they're pretty exciting. Anyway, uh, today we're going to be talking about when you do have large multifamily deals, what are sort of the pitfalls financially that you can come across, the things that can blow up your budget unexpectedly? How can you prepare for those and how can you handle it when those things happen? Yeah, I mean, there's so many things, Matt, that potentially could, but we'll cover some of the kind of the, you know, the basics. And then of course you got to be aware uh, of your specific property and what's going on. But I think first and foremost, what's important to understand when you're getting into a property is trying to, trying to really know the property as much as you can. So when you do close, you've got a budget for these potential items and we're in a really tight market right now. So it's easy to turn a blind eye to some things that you maybe feel like could be an issue, but you just don't want to think about it because if you think about it, that means you don't get to do the deal. And that's, that's a really dangerous proposition right there. Yeah, I agree. I see some of these people buying these properties at such you know, amazing prices that uh, if anything goes wrong, in the rehab process or the ownership, they might lose their property. Yep. Yeah. Let's talk about one of probably the biggest things. And a lot of people are doing this and they have been doing this. I, I've talked about it before and, and it happened to me. And this is why I know very, very well about what's happening. So I had a, I had a property um, that I purchased a few years ago, multifamily property, uh, it was a syndication deal. And, and, and so it ended up turning out really well in the end. But during the time period, it did not work out so well. And here's what happened. It, it was a 1970s built property, early 70s. I think it was, was 1970. Um, and it just had all kinds of plumbing issues. That was the biggest thing was the, was the plumbing issues. So we closed on the property. And literally, I mean, I, I think it was within days we had our first plumbing leak. We had to 
fix that. And then another plumbing leak and we had to fix that. And then we have the waistline, the cast iron piping uh, that was leaking. And so we had to replace it from the ground all the way up to the roof uh, in one of the buildings. Uh, we had a, a line underground. Now this is more of a freak thing and hard to, hard to uh, really predict, but, but part of it is, well, the age, right? 1970. Um, but we had a water line underground that burst, flooded a bunch of our units. Um, that actually happened on two separate occasions at that property. I would call that really dumb luck, but um, that did happen on two separate occasions. So it's consistent plumbing issues that would happen. And here's the, here's the problem. Galvanized and cast iron piping, they are aged out. They're done. I don't care if your building is built in 1978 and it's got galvanized and cast iron or it's built in 1958 and it's got galvanized cast iron. It is done. It's life expectancy is over. So what's going to happen? You're going to be consistently, constantly, you're going to have to be replacing sections of that pipe, or you're just going to have to replace the entire thing. So you've got to be cautious. So what happened with this property is, look, we didn't cash flow the whole time. We didn't cash flow because our water bills were super high. Our, our plumbing repair expenses are super high. And so we consistently had these extra bills that we had to pay for. I ended up getting higher rents than we ever underwrote quite a bit higher than we ever underwrote. We did our, our value add, everything worked perfect other than this plumbing issue. Uh, there, there's minor other issues, right? So it's not, maybe not perfect, but everything worked out really well other than these plumbing issues. And that's what took us from being able to achieve what should have been eight to 10 and even higher cash flow to nothing. So I was never able to make an investor distribution during that whole hold period. And happily in the end, we sold it for a very nice profit and I was able to give my investors a very nice return in the end. Um, but it was not during the time period where we had all these plumbing issues. So that's, I would say the biggest thing I'm seeing is people are buying these older properties and they don't understand the condition that they're in, the truly the condition that they're in. Oh, the galvanizing cast is in really good condition. No, it's not. No, it's not. I had a plumber, Matt, and this was a long time ago. I was doing a, a flip and I'm like, just patch a couple spots um, we're going to keep the galvanized here. He's like, no, I'm not going to do this project. And I kept on trying to convince him to, and he took his sawzall and he chopped it right in front of me, chopped my galvanized. And I'm, I'm like, you're paying for that. What are you, what are you doing? This is like, he just cut the plumbing pipe out in front of me and he grabs it and he goes, look through that. And literally it's a pinhole. You can barely see through it. It's so corroded and nasty. That's what this galvanized looks like right now in every single building. And so you just, nothing you can do. It's got to be replaced. So any galvanized that's still working, it's just by it's, the skin it's, of its teeth. It's barely. Exactly. It's ready to go. I'm sorry. It's ready to go. And so you have to count on replacing it. So figure out, is it galvanized in there? If it is, 
either run away from it or budget for it. And you're going to have to budget a lot of money. And I would not budget repairing it. I would budget replacing it. Because repairing it, it's going to do exactly what I did. Maybe you're covered on the repair costs, which is fine. Great. But you're, what you're not covered on is that extra high water bill every single month. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it seems like having a thorough inspection, you know, sewer scope, uh, core samples out of the roof, everything is really vital uh, to knowing what to expect with your budget. Because if you're not doing that, or if you're just making assumptions that are false assumptions, you're going to really get kicked in the butt. Sewer scope is another big thing. You know, we don't, a lot of times we don't think about what we can't see. And so we can't see the sewer, but if you've got roots coming through your sewer, guess what? It's your problem. It's not the city's problem. It's your problem. And so you're going to have to replace that sewer section. And that can cost anywhere between 5,000 to 30,000 or more dollars to replace a section of sewer. Yeah. Especially if you have to dig up roads and things like that to yeah. get down in there. You know. It's a yeah, nightmare. It can, get, it can get very expensive. And most of these apartment buildings, you are going to have to dig up parking lot. Um, and so, yeah, it can get extremely expensive. Uh, what else can come up? Man, I mean, again, there's there's so many other things you, you want to look for, but I think you said it right on. You, when you're doing your due diligence, you got to do extremely thorough inspection. Make sure every rock is turned over. Um and, and that's going to help avoid a lot of those mistakes. Some of the other things, um, I think one big thing as people are looking, especially in the Midwest, uh, I see this a lot. We've got these subgrade units and there can be a lot of issues with that. So the seller potentially has had problems with water coming in and they've cleaned it up and they've hit it and they've done maybe their best job. Maybe they didn't hide it just to be hiding it, but they, you know, they covered it up and thought they'd potentially solve the problem. And maybe they did, but is it for a period of time or is, there, is it actually a permanent solve? So really pay attention to those basement units. Uh, um, and, and, you what you really want to be looking for is any signs of moisture any signs of recent painting of those units especially spot painting of those units what do they look like what's going on right along the baseboards is there any sign of moisture in there um you know if those are the only remodeled units and nothing else has been remodeled it probably gives you that hey there's been something happening here right um, so really understand what did they do to fix the problem? Do they have warranties on the work? Um, is, has there been clear evidence that it hasn't continued to happen since they fixed the problem? Okay. And be careful about thinking you can fix the problem. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. I will Oftentimes, so, so the problem you can fix is if the water's coming in because of grading issues, uh, because of the downspout is, is pouring directly into the basement, you can't fix it if the water table is too high and your water is going to continue to come into that basement. I shouldn't say you can't, but it's expensive. You're going to have to put drain tile in. You're going to have to constantly running those pumps. It's likely not worth it. So be aware of those subgrade units. They can be a lot of um, 
like cause a lot of problems. You know, I think another thing sometimes people miss is doing sufficient uh, due diligence. You know, we were talking the other day about a, a property that I thought could be a good deal to buy, but then you told me about a, the current owner who we're not going to name any names, but uh, you know, they're losing their shirt uh, because the they didn't do good enough due diligence to see what the rent comps are actually true rent comps. So they're not going to achieve the rents that they need to make the property work. Yeah, you know, this property that you're talking about is in a good location, surrounded by good location. But first of all, it's a super ugly property. It was built in the 60s or 70s, I can't recall. Um, but it's ugly. And it doesn't fit the neighborhood. And it's in this little bowl. And it's just kind of by itself, weird entrance, uh, hard to navigate through the property. Um, and it just it just doesn't work. And I, I told you, I said, I get why the buyer got excited about it because of the area. And you go, well, this thing's going to be a great, you know, great property, of course, because it's surrounded by beautiful houses. It's got other apartment buildings that are nearby that people want to live in. Why wouldn't they want to live here? It's got a terrible reputation. That property and the properties around it have terrible reputations. And like I said, it's ugly and it's hard to navigate. It's just, it's just an awkward location. Uh, and so it's never going to attract the right residents in that location. Not that it's a bad property, but for the price they're trying to sell it for, it, it's, it's a bad property. Um, you know, that property could work because again, it's, it's in a good location. It's ugly. You're never going to get the high end tenants that you potentially want, but you might get, you know, consistent rent from the residents that will, will live there that want to be in that neighborhood. Uh, she's got to buy it for the right price because the rents can't go hot as high as what, you know, people think. Oh, just in this weird little pocket where it, it, yeah. you know that little pocket's bad, but everything else around there is good. And so when you run comps on all the neighboring good areas, you're like, oh yeah, this is great. Uh, but if you don't like actually look at what that small submarket is uh, in and of itself, you can get fooled easy. Yeah, be very aware of what your comps are. Be very aware of where they are and and also what they look like, how they're built, what kind of amenities they have all that kind of stuff. And can you match it? Right. So, I mean, I'll give you a perfect example right now. I'm, I, I, we are looking at a building. It's a, it's a great location, uh, excellent location, excellent comps, but it's got zero amenities and all the comp properties have pools, have fitness centers, you know, they're just nice. This thing is built in the late seventies. So it's got the weird kind of design to it. These other buildings are built in the, in the early to mid eighties. They've got a much more inviting kind of exterior feel, more modern feel. Um, that property is in even a superior location than some of these other properties, but it's just not going to achieve the rents because of some of the, you know, some of the things I just mentioned, it just doesn't have it. Good. Um, man, so, so, so other things, I mean, I, I, obviously things that can cause, um, you know, issues are, 
you, know, you want to uh, upper Midwest, you know, especially where we get snow, um, you want to check and look at the, the roof system and the venting and understand, are we getting big ice dams, understand, you know, kind of where, what, what that all looks like, or do we have areas where, um, you know, mold can congregate really easily where there's just not good, again, it's ventilation issues. Um, and even in some of the more humid areas, this is the case too. Uh, you know, what, what's your ventilation? Um, how is the building built? Is it, is the font, does the foundation come up out of the grade far enough or is the siding right down to the grade? And is that, you know, in, in, in colder climates, it's big deal because of the snow and the melt and that causes rot. In the warmer clients, that's a big deal because again, that causes rot with the moisture, but what it also does is it attracts termites uh, into your building. So, and other bugs into your building. So we got to really look at how it's landscaped around what the grading looks like and understand those expenses too. So, yeah, I think the best way to solve problems is to keep them from happening in the first place. You know, obviously you can't prevent every problem, but the ones that you can do. So like things like monthly maintenance checks, you know, where your property management is walking through all the units to see if there's any leaks and things like that, that are building uh, to solve those right when they're small, rather than when they get bigger and bigger. Yeah, that's huge. Monthly maintenance check is a must or at least a quarterly minimum. And so your maintenance people should be walking through every single unit, at least one minimum of once a quarter, a lot can happen in three months. And so uh, and, and like you said, looking for leaks and make sure they're actually doing that check too. Like if they're just walking in and checking the furnace filter and they got their blinders on, they're not going to see that plumbing leak. So you want to make sure they're checking, they have a checklist and they're actually checking the smoke detectors, the CO detectors, they're, they're checking the, the, the sinks, the plumbing. Um, those are the big ones. They're checking the furnace, furnace filter, um, and, and then just have them take pictures, general overall condition of the unit, have them take pictures of every single unit. It takes a little bit of extra time, but not that much. And again, if that's once a quarter and, and you're going to just solve a lot of problems, you're going to save a lot of maintenance issues. The number one reason for residents to move out of a property is because of maintenance. The number one complaint that any resident has is maintenance. So if you want to keep tenants, and this is this is when we talk about big expenses, this is your big biggest expense uh, that you should be able to control is unit turnover, resident turnover. And so we have, you know, 40 to 60% of our residents move out every single year. And if we can take, let's say it's 60%, if we can take that 60%, bring it down to 40%, and we can take that 40%, bring it down to 20 or 30%, that saves you a ton of money because the average turnover cost is going to cost you close to $800. Okay. It all depends, right, on your the type of property and, and all that kind of stuff. But anywhere between, you know, 600 to sometimes 1500 or more dollars just for a unit turnover. So things like if you can offer referral fees uh, to or, or bonuses to your tenants so that their friends and family move in, and then they're going to be more than likely to stay for longer because they're 
surrounded by their friends and family. You know, mm-hmm. this is our community now. We use um, we use a group that comes in and, and they we give them a unit and they do activities and and they you know throw parties and stuff like that for our residents. And so they're kind of the quote unquote activities director for the community. And that's huge. That brings people together in a community, makes them feel welcome, makes them want to stay. Um, you, you know, people want to be around people they, they like. Uh, and again, make sure you take care of their maintenance. You want to take care of people. People want to be taken care of. They're renting there. They're paying good money. I think the days of the slumlord, I shouldn't, they're not over necessarily, but you're not going to make money if you're going to be a slumlord. Yeah. Your residents are your customers. Right. Right. And we got to think of it that way. I think the old, the old line of thinking is just they're, they're, they're tenants and they're almost in our way. Um, they're, we're just here to make money. And these people are, you know, taking up space in our building and paying, paying the bills and, but they're paying, you know, they complain, they, they damage the property They you know, they, they're, they're just this thorn in my side. Well, that's, that could be further from the truth. I mean, these people are, that's who's paying the bills hundred percent. And if you treat them like they're the thorn in your side, you're going to get those results. You're going to get a thorn in your side. Yeah, that's fair. So, you know, we want to talk about ways to reduce expenses, keep your residents happy. You'll reduce a lot of expenses that way. So. And, you know, there's a lot of new people in this field, uh, you know, large multifamily. So if you're, you know, listening to this and you're new, trying to do it on your own, like you're going to make all the rookie mistakes and you're going to set yourself up for some disaster. You're better off partnering with somebody who has a great track record and knows what they're doing. So they can kind of hold your hand through it to help you prevent from like, Oh, oh let's uh, keep the galvanized uh, uh, you know, pipes. No, no, <laughs> get rid of them and get some new stuff, you know, things like that. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's so many little things, uh, you know, I could point out and, and, you know, like we just talk, you just talk about galvanized. Well, polybutylene too, PB. Most people don't know it. If you've got polybutylene in your apartment, it's it's a shot, it's junk. And you're gonna have to replace all your piping. Most people don't understand it. They think, oh, that's great. We got pecs in here. No, no, that's not, it is plastic piping, but it's junk, it's garbage. And little things like that, a lot of people don't catch and they don't understand and they buy some building like that. Like I said, the, the, the basement, man, these subgrade units, just little things add up to be big things and we don't think about them. And again, I think part of it is because people are paying big prices and so they're turning a blind eye. The other thing that I think is a little frightening is these companies that are out there and that are paying massive earnest money uh, deposits that go hard immediately before they even have a chance to truly do an inspection. And I don't like that because if I've got a million dollars hard, I think, and I would love to think I'm above this, but I think that, that a lot of people are turning a blind eye 
to potential issues because if they walk away, there goes a million dollars. And they, so they can't walk away. They just, they just hamstrung themselves mm. by being, by trying to be super competitive in this crazy environment. And so they're going to put a million dollars hard day one. And if an issue comes up in due diligence, they just ignore it or they don't even look for it because they don't want to look for it because if they find it, guess what? They're, there goes their million dollars. They've got no way to negotiate with the, with the seller because the seller's just going to say, no, take it or leave it. And if you leave it, fine, I'll take your million dollars. So I, I think there's, it just, it's an, you got to be careful out there. You want to make sure you're, you're protect, protected. Uh, part of the reason I stay out of some of those, or not some of those, all of those markets is because I don't, I don't believe in putting down hard earnest money day one. Earnest money is risk capital, but it's meant to be, um, it, it, you also have to hold the seller accountable. And, and if you're putting down earnest money hard day one like that, you're not holding the seller accountable at all. Yeah, because what's behind the curtain, you don't know. And, and by the time you find out, it's too late for that earnest money. And um, you'd love to think there's great people everywhere, but there's some sellers that are hiding things and you will not, will not find out about them unless you do thorough, thorough, thorough due diligence. And you can't do thorough due diligence if you're worried about losing your million dollars of, of earnest money. So yeah, just be smart about it. Yeah. And I see some people just doing deals just for the sake of doing deals. But uh, I mean, in this current market, like uh, not every deal is, is a good deal. Uh, well, so and, and, and I mean, to that point, Matt, and I agree with you definitely, but to that point is everybody's uh, goals and objectives and vision of what a good deal is looks different yeah. and everybody's money looks different. Um, and so I, I do agree with you, but, I hesitate to say too much of how bad of a deal they got because I just don't know their entire situation. Right. And so they, it might be a better deal to them than it is to me. That's fair. I mean, I'm of the opinion that it's better to not do a deal and wait than to get oh, stuck in a, a bad deal. hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, man. Well, yeah, a lot, a lot of sticky traps out there. Just be, be on the lookout for them. Be very aware. Come in with your eyes extremely wide open. Partner with the right people. Bring contractors through. Look, we're, we've got due diligence walks that we do all the time, and we are bringing our contractors through. We're bringing our property management through. We're, ourselves are walking through. We've got a lot of eyes on everything. We've got professional inspectors for specific things. We've got contractors that we bring in to look specifically at the roof, at We've got a deciding contractor. We've got, you know, uh, parking lot. Uh, you know, we, we, we break it down and get the right people in for the right inspections. And you're going to save yourself a lot of money and hassle uh, if you do it that way. Absolutely. So cool. I don't have anything else. I'm sure I do, but um, you know, for the sake of time, probably should be, probably should wrap it up. All right. Sounds good. All right, man. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks, you too. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.